you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at EnneagramAndMarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so grateful you're joining today for this fun episode to talk about three great ways to date one another. We all need this. We all need these reminders during this month, but always where we're talking and learning about how to sharpen our intimacy skills and really, of course, soften our intimacy ultimately. But really, Tracy is going to take us on a journey today of the three important elements of a date. And I really loved hearing these. And I think it's going to be one of those hacks that I remember for my whole life because I'm like, oh, this is good stuff. And we troubleshoot on this episode with you and for you because we're in the real thick of it with you. And so I'm like, Tracy, like you've got to tell us how to get through the hard seasons where we're too tired to take dates or we don't have opportunities. And Tracy really encourages and refreshes us. So I really am thankful for that. And this is because Tracy works with Restory Counseling. She's had a long 30 plus year marriage and has learned how to shine with her husband as well as to walk through shadows. And she knows what it's like to have just this much, just a little bit. If you're not watching on our Lavender Haze YouTube channel, then then I'm just making this tiny little like you have nothing to give kind of uh, the look for you so that you know we get it if you're in that space today. But Thank you. Thank you for being here. Tracy has so many giftings on helping people to restore, to find purpose, even when hope is very low. And I, if you're there today, please just lean in extra with us because we want this to be a soft holding environment for you so that you feel like, okay, I can bring my emotional load. I can get tips. I can also feel like I'm connecting with uh, people who get it. That's the journey we're on with you today. And that's the journey we want you to have today. So I can't wait. I'm like, so tempted to share what these three elements are that I pretty much just have to bring her on. But know that you're in for a treat. So sit back and relax. Have coffee with us, whatever you're doing. We're so glad you're joining us today. And let's bring Tracy on. Tracy, thank you so much for coming to the ENM podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and for our conversation. Me too. It couldn't be more timely. I was just Mm -hmm. talking to a couple right before we got on about uh, how important the narrative and the story is. So we are all in. Good, good. Sounds like perfect timing. Oh, so, so critical. So tell me about, tell us more about yourself and the heart of Restory. You have such a fascinating uh, beginning and I would just love for our, our listeners and my friends here in the ENM community to just hear about uh, how you've been able to walk through this. And of course, some Enneagram too. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a little bit about me. I, um, I came into understanding that story work was important and that actually the story of your life mattered when my husband and I were pastoring young adults. So that was about, gosh, 25 years ago or so. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got introduced to uh, a ministry that uh, really valued the importance of story. And that had never been something up to that point. All the years of ministry that we've been in, I just never heard anybody say this really matters. And so I started taking a look at my own story and discovering things that had been buried and forgotten and, uh, and just kind of put away. Um, and, and that was sort of my introduction to it and found that for me, it was so life-giving and changed my relationship with my husband, my relationship with myself, changed my relationship with God, sort of all of the things mm-hmm. were impacted by that shift in, in thinking about and coming to believe that the story that you've lived really matters and that mm-hmm. God has something like woven of himself through that mm-hmm. and woven for you, you know, to discover in that. So that kind of set me on a trajectory to do a lot of my own work. And, and in the course of that discovered that um, not only did I love it for what I was discovering for myself, but I, uh, but I found a real calling and sort of a niche of the mm-hmm. way that God has made me and gifted me um, really having an outlet you know, in that world and in that work. So yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. I mean, transformative for me um, personally, and then also just sort of as far as the work and what I would come to bring to the world out of that. So that's like a brief kind of, you know, how did I come into this? And then Mm -hmm. I met Chris Bruno Mm -hmm. um, actually through his wife. So I have another, another piece of what I do just for women. That's called red tent living. It's an, both an online community and has, um, has aspects of it that include dinners for women that are themed and are story driven. And, um, we have a website for women to submit stories and Beth, Chris's wife started writing for me, um, almost, uh, almost a decade ago, I guess about seven years ago. And through her, Chris and I got connected and, um, and that brought me into, you know, the, the family of Restory Counseling and, Mm. and the work that they do. So Mm, beautiful. Thank you for uh, being open-hearted to tell us, Hey, this was a personal story that then I got driven. Uh, I think those are the best um, outreaches is when somebody puts their heart in it and says like, this is, this is really everything I have to give and I must share it with others. So we are so thankful. And um, tell us a little bit about your uh, Enneagram type and a little Mm -hmm. bit about your own marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm an Enneagram eight um, and uh yeah. And I'm actually, and I'm married to an Enneagram seven. So my husband, Mark is a seven mm-hmm. and, um, and that, so that makes for a lot of, um, energy and yeah. a lot, <laughs> which oh, we're like a sort of a force. We bring yeah. a lot of, a yeah. lot of ourselves, um, yeah. uh, to what we, we do. Yeah. yeah we call sure. that pairing love in motion because we know that that pairing is moving and shaking. And and so I love that you're kind of giving our audience just a visual of there's a lot there and it's beautiful. And then there's going to be some combustion and (laughs) two assertive independent types together. This is beautiful. And how, um, how did you guys meet? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So Mark and I met actually working for a uh, an airline that isn't in existence anymore because it got gobbled up. But oh, okay. um, but we met working for America West Airlines and mm -hmm. I was 21. Mark was 25. He had been there um, for longer than I had. And we met um, on the opposite side of an airplane one day. So um, oh I tell people, met in the it's, sky. it is a fun, my kids love to tell the story. So, you know, it is, <laughs> so it funny. is, it is a fun story. Um, but, but what I would say about Mark is that for me, I, I grew up in a Christian home that, um, was a very careful home. That would be part of how I would describe it. I I've told people before, it feels like I, I grew up in a Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah. And so, um, and so you can imagine with like my eight and all of what I sort of bring to the world that, that in my family, I was uh, probably the most angry and had the most things to say and had the most energy. Yeah. Um, and that left me feeling really, really kind of too big and too much inside my family of origin. Oh, much sense. Yeah. And, um, so when I met Mark, what I tell people is like, Mark felt like life to me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. So that. all of that, all of his seven energy and it is, he has big seven energy, like loves to travel, loves to plan big things, loves to have big conversations, like, and, and whatever the next thing is. So he's so classically seven. And for me, that just felt like oxygen, mm. it felt like oxygen. And it was the, it was, you know, he was one of the first people that I didn't feel like I was too big or too much for Mark. Gosh, that's amazing. So, what I know our eights are just like frothing at the mouth. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. cool. And I love that your kids can tell the stories too of like yeah. how you guys really ne needed to find one another to find that validation of like your soul validation. Yeah, that feels really true. That feels really true. Mm -hmm. um, and it has been combustible. So, you know, it is, it is, it is both. And, mm -hmm. um, and, but for me, you know, even in that, I think um, that even some of that combustion is feels like life to me. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I need some of that intensity um, to, to feel like, we're, we're going somewhere, something is happening. So we've been married like, um, over 35 years. So at this point, you know, it's not as combustible yeah. for good reasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> Relax a little bit. Like yeah. I've relaxed a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, sort of settled, settled into, settled into my bigness and settled into, what makes me strong and what makes me tender. And, um, and so today I would say like, yes, Mark feels like life for me. Yeah. And I have, uh, I have learned to rest in who mm -hmm. he is and learn to rest in what it is, you know, that he brings so that everything doesn't have to always have so much intensity to it. Oh, that's, that's really important. I'm glad that you're letting us see that, giving us a peek ahead for those who are the young marrieds listening, that yeah. uh, it takes time for these things to saturate and uh, eights are reactivity types. And so you're mm -hmm. like, I, there's even a part of me that when we do come together with intensity, I need to see that 
that's the way I show care and right. I need to know I'm cared about and that he can meet me there. So there's probably yeah. been times I can imagine as a fellow seven from his side that he has to be brave to lean in and to yeah. do the work of staying and allowing yeah. these conversations to happen. And, and that, like you said, you also have to learn it's okay to let them rest sometimes. And um, there's this balancing that kind of occurs imperfectly, but it does occur over time. Yeah. And I would imagine storytelling has been part of it. It has been part of it. And I think, you know, part of what, part of what I've needed to learn from Mark and have, and have come to appreciate about him is that he's very playful yeah. and you know, that, that is not, that would not have been a word I would ever use to have described myself. Mm -hmm. And so that rest from that intensity can come in play, which, you know, feels life-giving, but is also not fraught with so much heaviness and, you know, and sort of that combustibility or, mm. or whatever. Um, so, you know, I think that has been good and, and it's been good for me to stretch and grow and know mm. that what, how he feels cared for is, you know, is, is lighter. It's not fluffy, but it just, it, it has a different aspect to it. And so for him to feel care I need to lay down some of that, like pushing and, you know, bantering back and forth that, mm -hmm. um, that can feel life-giving to me, but can feel exhausting for him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're trying to do that work ongoing that you're saying, yeah. oh, oh, I need to remember oh, yeah. that narrative of he brings in this aspect. I bring that in. But when we feel that the other one is being maybe, um, too playful. I'm thinking of a Walter Mitty quote when he's like upset. Yeah. He's like too playful or yeah. Uh, yeah. on the other end when it's like, okay, no, this is too intense. You guys right. can remember, okay, I bring a different gift and yeah. that's okay. And that's neat yeah. that you're able to see yourself grow and stretch in that way over the years. Yeah. And it feels important. I think Mark invites me to play and I think mm. I invite him to play. And so that's a good, Ooh. when we can stay and play together, yeah. that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful, that needs to be the subtitle of that period. Yeah. <laughs> Long-term growth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Eights and sevens listening together. This is your, your homework. Yeah. So, yeah. so beautiful. Well, um, we're so grateful that we get to learn how to do some of actually that today as we talk about yeah. dates together, because I'm noticing in my work that a lot of the time for people to really draw into intimacy together, they're really benefiting when they've had some time to, uh, to connect with their special dates. And we just did a yeah. whole series on this on Instagram and we talk about it a lot. Yeah. Tell us about why dates are so important for couples, even when we're sometimes like, ah, eh, we don't need dates. What do you feel like dates can do? You know, so I think, I think that we need to continue to date. And I think that dating in one sense is like, it, it kind of pulls you out of sort of the cul-de-sac that you, we can find ourselves sort of riding around in, you know, where things are just, it just becomes the same and it just becomes sort of rote. And I would say it becomes this place kind of a resignation in marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, when we kind of reach the place where it feels like we've stopped dating, I think we've, we've started to live into a space of resignation. Like, well, this is just as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess this is all that there is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think that dating is like an opportunity to exit the cul-de-sac <laughs> and, and, and remember that, 
you know, we're never done, you know, to like I said, Mark, I've been married over 35 years and I am still learning things about him. Oh. I'm not done for all that. I think that I know he is still continuing to change and to mm -hmm. grow and I'm continuing to change right. and to grow. Right. right. I still have untold stories and, and so does he. And, and we're writing a new story together. So mm -hmm. I think wow. dating, right, gives us this opportunity to kind of continue to live into that and, and live into that reality that I don't know everything about you. And I don't know everything about us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. So, that is so I love how we're weaving story in because you're reminding us of those John Gottman sort of love maps. Like we do not right. know one another ongoing because we keep changing. And so you're inviting us into keep learning about each other, which I think is so beautiful and such a oxygenation for our marriages. Thanks. Yeah. I, so I think, um, the, 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 perspective that Chris and I come at this with, like in our, in our thrive marriage lab and in our, like a year of good dates mm -hmm. has these components that there's got to be delight and there needs to be story and there needs to be attunement. Ooh. And so like in our dates, we want you to connect, find some sort of delight that's coming from the activity that you're doing together. So it should be enjoyable Right. Mm. And not just enjoyable, but, oh my gosh, this was delightful. And we're delighting in it together. Mm. And, yeah. and then that we're going to discover things about one another. And we do that by there. Every date has a storied component to it mm. so that we're curating and cultivating the idea that we're not done. Right. Mm. I don't know everything there is to know about you. And then the third thing that needs to happen in a good date is that there's some connection that's happening because we're tuning in to one another. So, you know, a, a good date, it's not that a good date couldn't include some of the typical things that we like to do. Like Mark and I are going on a date, we plan a date today. We're going to, we're going to go see the newest Mission Impossible movie. And then we're going to grab dinner afterwards. Yeah. Right. So and so that's kind of typical date, right? Let's yeah. go to dinner and a movie. Yeah. That's fine. You know, but if that's all that we do, if that's all that we do, we might, we might enjoy the movie. We might have some delight in that activity together mm -hmm. and we might have some enjoyment of dinner, but if we're not intentional, right, mm -hmm. we probably won't have a meaningful conversation. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And we probably won't tune into one another. Mm, okay. So when I think about some of the decisions we made about the date today, you know, Mark said something about it yesterday. He's yeah. like, we need to go to Mission Impossible. You know, should we take the kids with us? And I said, I said, well, we haven't taken, we still have two at home. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I said, you know, we haven't taken the kids with us to one yet. That will change the dynamic. Do we want to change, take the kids? And he's like, no, we, I don't want to take the kids. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so now it's a date because if we're bringing the kids, it's not a date. It's a family yeah. activity. Yeah. You know, so that much, this is a little piece of what's making it intentional for us tonight and, mm -hmm. you know, how we're going and when we're going and why we're going kind of all of those questions. Um, yeah, but I think, you know, I, I think a lot of couples, you know, when we, when we say that it feels, it can feel like a lot of work to kind of bring that intentionality. And a lot of us, I think we're, we're tired, 
right? A date should be something that's enjoyable. I don't want to sit around and have to figure out on my own, you know, how to, how to do this differently every month. And so we've curated 12 months of that, that includes a lot of different things, right. That your date can be about. And so, Mm. you know, in our list of things you can do, we've got dates that are activity driven. And so we're asking the spouse who's sort of planning the the date to think of an activity that they want to do, what's something that they want to do. And then we're inviting them to think about what's the story. What is the story that goes with why this is the activity that you want to do? Is this an activity that like, you did when you were a kid and it was super fun or is it something that you always wanted to do or you have a particular memory you know about doing this or a particular story around why you've always wanted to do this what whatever that is right and so we ask you to we help you kind of sit down and think about that mm. and we ask you to like how do you want to invite your spouse into that Yeah. And then for the spouse that's being invited in, it's, it's their job to then sort of connect with that story and tune in to what their spouse is sharing with them Mm -hmm. as part of why we're doing the date. So now you've got all of these components, right? This date has somehow it's become more meaningful Mm because you're going to do something together. You're going to have some sort of activity, Mm -hmm. but you're also going to learn something about your spouse. You're going to tell a story and, uh, and the spouse that's hearing the story is going to ask some particular questions to sort of walk into that story a little bit deeper mm-hmm. so that you, uh, you end up feeling like, you know, more about your spouse at mm-hmm. the end and you've cemented it, right? Because you've, you've also done something together that has been a lot of fun mm-hmm. around that. Now, so then you can, yeah. you can right, you can still go on your movie mm-hmm. and dinner or go grab coffee or whatever dates, you know, but at least once a month, yeah. you're going to do it. You're going to have a date that's got a little more substance to it. Mm, okay. So uh, now will we tell the story before the dates? Is that what you recommend? Like, <laughs> I'd love to go on this date with you because this is a meaningful, we've watched Mission Impossible together. I hear some of that in your mm-hmm. narrative. Um, or do you think, no, it's fun to do it while you're on the date or a little bit yeah, of both? I think you could do both. I think you get, there's, there's a lot of freedom inside of that, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're going to tell ahead of time, this is why I picked this activity, or this is, you know, why we're going to do this thing. Or if you do it as part of the date, yeah. I think okay. it could go, I think it could go either way. I like I that. And I think you're right. Just being natural with it. And then yeah. um, what about like when spouses are kind of trying to decide who gets to pick which story is it kind of lined up like that with well yeah I think that's a great question so you're gonna you you get you know the couple is gonna get if you do this 12 dates with us you get it delivered to you right and you can I think you can kind of look at it and go hmm which one of us should plan this one right if it's a if it's kind of a foodie date and that's what we've set up, you know, is one of you more or other of them of that way, if it's Mm -hmm. sort of a playful date, you know, I, so I think that becomes part of it too, is even in this sort of selecting, like who's going to kind of take ownership over this and be the one right to kind of plan it. And, and then I think you start getting into even in that where you're learning more about one another 
but also doing that work. And I think this is important for couples too, of like just honoring what, what is true about your spouse? You know, like I said about Mark and I, like he invites me to play, play is play is hard. Like I, it takes a lot of energy. If you don't tell me is Chris, Beth and Chris and I were sort of planning these dates. We were working on this and the ones about play came up and I can still feel it's like, uh, like, I don't even know what it like playful, (laughs) right. I love to be invited to play. I would totally hand that off to Mark and be like, Hey, this one's for you. You can plan this. Yes. I will come along. Right. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And I like how you're, you're stepping into my world with couples that yeah. are conflicted every week. And I know you have this too. And, and they're telling each other, one of the reasons we got off course or off the storyline or flip the script was because you stopped planning dates or yeah. you stopped showing me that you cared. Yes. And it isn't that that person needs to plan every date you ever have. Um, no. or it's 12. It's that you're inviting people into finding the special niches they each bring. And, oh yeah, that one goes with me here. And, um, you know, there might be some dates you plan, but what you're saying to all of us is remember this thread line or this through line of delighting and then being able to have this moment where we are storytelling and then we're coming into connection. So, um, how do you feel like we can delight if we're like, I'm in a slump, I'm in this four week cycle as a woman and I'm in my lower moment. Is there just maybe more simpler dates in those moments? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think there, I think that's probably a both and Krista, you know, I think there can be sort of this bigger, you know, but I hear you saying, you know, what, what about when it's just something simpler that's needed? And I would say, I I think that the components of what we're talking about, as far as like what you would include in a date, I think that applies even to something, something that is simpler because really what we're, what we're talking about is like how do we experience connection with a spouse, right? How do we build that? What are, what are the key components to that? Mm -hmm. And, and in the realm of like a date, a date shouldn't be what we go on to have a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and, and sometimes we need to have a hard conversation, but not on dates. Right. But when we're thinking about a date, I think a date, even one that you're just planning yourself, if you, if you want the, the end goal is that we want to feel connected. Mm-hmm. We want to feel more connected yeah. and, and we want to feel something good about this relationship that we're in with one another when we get to the other side of this. So what needs to be included? There needs to be some element of delight. There's something that we're going to do together. And if you're in a slump, you're kind of feeling low. This makes me think about, uh, uh, something that Mark used to do for me. I, I can remember the first time I was low, we had actually had some conflict, but I think, you know, we had, we had tried to resolve it as best as we could, our young married selves. And he's like, I want you to get in the car. We're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling resistant, right? Mm-hmm. We got in the car and we drove to Dairy Queen. <laughs> And we sat in the car, we sat in the drive-thru because I'm like, I'm not going into Dairy Queen, right? right? 
and uh, and he ordered this blizzard with Heath bars and Reese's peanut butter cups in it, and like oh. this giant blizzard. And we sat in the car, and and he had driven us where we were actually across from the high school that he went to. We were living in the city that he grew up in at the time, and he said, "I used to do this when I felt sad when I was a kid." And so I thought maybe we could do this today and it might help you feel more hopeful about where we are and that everything is going to be okay. Ooh, I like that. He weaved right? the story in. He it did was so simple, oh, right? It simply. was simple, right? Oh. It was simple. And he, he dug for something, right. Mm. That had been meaningful to him. Yeah. And so that, be, that became something for us, right? Like going to get ice cream. I've never been to Dairy Queen. My parents, yeah. we didn't do Dairy Queen. We yeah. went to Baskin and Robbins. That was what we did when I was a kid. So like to this day, like my Mm -hmm. memories of Dairy Queen are all connected to my husband. And I don't even know that we've ordered a different kind of a blizzard in 36 years. (laughs) That's great. I love that. Because that's what we do, but that's simple, right? But it did have this moment where he was both seeing me, right? So he was attuning to me and what I was needing. Mm. He brought something delightful and it included a a meaningful piece of like why he had chosen that was because that was where he went when he was a kid. Okay. So it's not so formulaic that the connection just happens on its own. It comes through these first two elements of intentionally light to one another and intentionally choosing healthy narratives to tell. And I feel it with you guys. I'm on that ride with you where I'm like, oh, now you're just there's more peace. There's more hope. Um, Right. Right. Lovely. Oh, I love that. And um, I was thinking about all the different instincts we have, but I feel like you've kind of helped us to see, yeah, like if you're in a tired space Mm -hmm. or you're in a social space or this time you're not, that we can, we can ebb and flow with that and balance. But I guess the question I'm sort of wondering now is, what if we're both in a tired space? What if we hit this date night and we, and this happened to us so many times with little kids and I'm sure you too, where you're like, we've got it on the calendar. We finally got the moment, the sitter or whatever the momentum still sometimes happens where we're just tired now. And so how can we maybe lean into even those moments when we're just like, I don't know how to bring you delight. I'm just tired. You know, I think that's such a great question. And I, and I think that to me starts to feel like, you know, even when we're really tired, it, it doesn't have to take a ton of energy to co-create together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we're meant to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're meant, I think we're meant, I think God made us to co-create with him, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately in marriage, what we're doing is co-creating. And, and so when I think like you're both really low, I mean, and I tell couples this, it's like neither one of you has the energy to sort of reach over and pull the other one out. It's almost like you just, you almost just have to grab onto one another, one another and go, okay, like, what do we need? Mm. We're both exhausted. Yeah. Right. We got the sitter and that's about all we could do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then I think if, if you're going to co-create together, it's like, you know, what, what little snippet of generosity do you have for the other person? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's okay if it's just, it's not very much. It's like, okay, we got out of the house. Like maybe all we can do is get ourselves to Taco Bell and order off, you know, the dollar menu. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah. That, that, that may be all we have for tonight. Yeah. Right. And can mm-hmm. that just, can that be okay? You know, I think in, in Gottman language, I think about, you know, what we're really saying is like the fact that you got the sitter and got out the door, there's a bid for connection. Yeah. Yep. I think so and, too. And we can choose to see that as a bid for connection. And that's got to right. be a choice. That's got to be it the does. narrative. It does. Mm. It does. Mm. That is so good. So real. Thank you. We just love yeah. to be real on this podcast. Yeah. We love to dig and get grimy and just admit that sometimes we're in those spaces where we don't have anything yeah. left. Um, more yeah. than we would like to, especially like those of us who move uh either in the tired space in the withdrawing stance, four, five, and or nine, or the ones of us in the aggressive assertive stance, mm-hmm. the three, sevens, and eights. I think we're all like, I'm tired because I've either overdone or underdone. Um, and then thankfully for our ones, twos, and sixes who are here for the um, but like, even they occasionally hit the walls. Like I'm tired of planning or I'm tired of being always agreeable. So you're just helping us to see like in those moments, remember the bids for connection of even like, thank you for getting a sitter even yeah. just in your head, like right. you got the sitter. So I'm going to make it a point to be extra nice. Or I got the sitter, but here, my spouse who is tired all day working came. I remember when Wes was in medical school and he would be so tired that he would practically sleep through our dates. But I was just like, I'm just happier here. Like just hop in. I will drive you around while we just listen to music. And of course, then you have to find the music that you both agree on. Um, and right. that's doable too, even if it's the one same song. <laughs> So I hear you choosing, right? It's like, I do think that there's something. And again, we're back to it's a date, right? And I, you know, I think for, I think it can happen at any age, but, you know, I feel us sort of talking about, you know, when you're young and you've got, you have kids and you're in the weeds with your kids and you're trying to build your career or you're still in med school or, you know, whatever that's looking like. And you're just feeling really thin, Mm-hmm. Uh, finding, finding moments to connect both over conversations that are maybe hard and need to happen and spaces of delight. Like you're thin because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of that that is available. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I think so often date nights become the space where we decide to unload you know, all, all of what's been building up in us. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's not very fun. Who wants to get a sitter and go do that? <laughs> right. right. And once in a while we have to, but I really agree with you. And I want to just enunciate that just yeah. blow up what she said, guys, that you don't want to use your precious date nights for that. Most of the time, these coupon conversations, as we call them here, yes. just need to happen in different moments and spaces whenever possible because this is a gift that will allow you to recharge so that you can have those conversations. Um, But thank you for just reminding those in those spaces or in the perimenopausal, menopausal years, wherever they're at, there's sometimes just these tired spaces that we don't have as much energy as we once did or as we typically did. So thank you for giving us permission. I think some of us really needed to hear that today, myself included, that it's worth it to bid for attention even on those low energy days. Oh, for sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. And I think that like that slow, steady tending, sometimes we're in seasons when that's just all I can do. Mm. Yeah, You know, all you can do is the slow, steady tending. And so, you know, Chris and I talk about that. We believe a thriving marriage is meant to build a house of belonging and, and belonging is, Mm -hmm. is really tied to like, you get to be 
who you are and where you are, right? You don't have to change. You don't have to be something different or generate something different in order for there to be belonging, right? Between you and me. And I think that's part of what you're naming too, is that like, if, if your marriage is going to be a house of belonging, then, then there has to be space, right? For you to just be where you are and that, that be okay, that you're not having to generate something different, you know, not even having to generate something different to make this date night happen. Yeah. Because sometimes I, I just, I don't have it. Mm. Right. But at the same time, and at the same time, it's relational, right? And so when your tiredness or your thinness is, is feeling like it's taking you out of connection, you know, I, I think the question is like, what's, what's the smallest thing you can do to turn your face back towards mm-hmm. your spouse? What, what can you do to just turn your face back? Yeah. And what's, what is the small yes you can bring? doesn't have to be a big yes, but what's a small yes that you can bring. I love that. Yeah. And even your Enneagram type might be something you can bring in here where you think, okay, I have a bit of joy to give, or I have a bit of creativity or generosity. And, and and I think remembering that, I mean, remembering that about your spouse, Mm. right? I think at that moment, like I need to remember what I can bring, but I, but I think also I need I need to remember what my spouse is bringing. I need to remember like, what is, what is the goodness of what, of what my spouse is bringing? And so, you know, even when I'm experiencing sort of, you know, the, the less enjoyable side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and then, and am I open to receive it? Because if Mark, if I am, if I am, uh, if I am in sort of, you know, tired, negative, um, tight space yeah. and, and Mark is inviting some play and it, it doesn't even have to be big. Like yeah. I, I have to choose whether I'm going to receive that or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. And that's every listener needs to feel that empowerment that they can make choices because, um, I know that's actually my type. I talk about the story all the time, but my type eight dad loved chess and he's passed now, but he taught me how to live so well in that way to say, even if you think, and my brother recently said this too, who's like a chess master. Um, and he's, I said, what is the big, best kind of chess lessons to both of them for life? And they said, you always, there's always a move that you can still play even when you think you've been beat. And that's what you're telling us is if in your marriage, you're like, I don't have any plays left. There's always a move you can make, even if it's just one small move. And I love that you're even reminding myself of that. Like, don't forget your spouse's gifts. Don't forget their, their battles so that you can come toward them with more compassion. And like you said, sometimes they're specifically inviting you into the best they have to offer. And you can either choose to say, no, I want the gifts of some other type or uh, my own better. Or you could say, they have a gift. I'm going to lean into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, absolutely. Thank you. Such a good reminder. Well, 
you have this wonderful theme that everyone is now remembering and hopefully writing down to bring in the delight, the storytelling, and that will lead to the connection. But you've mm-hmm. also helped to curate and you're giving yeah. them help to co-create this story yeah. together. This is what you do at Restory. So tell us about both your games and how couples can connect with you or individuals in other ways. Yeah. So there are there are a number of ways to find us. So mm-hmm. At Restory, we offer we offer counseling, we offer story work coaching, we offer spiritual direction, uh, we offer intensives. So lots of things there, um, both for individuals and marriages that can be found at Restory.life. Um, as far as like marriage goes, we also offer these like curated dates that you can find. And so um, you can find those online. It's going to give you 12 curated dates. And, um, and that's, it's, it's through Restory. And I think I sent you the link. Yeah. So I may have to oh, actually I that I can't remember like the whole URL <laughs> for that one. Yeah. I'll be sharing that there and you can sign up and those dates are going to get just delivered to your email. There's no charge. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's important and we value it. Oh. And so we're putting it out there is something that we just want to offer to couples. I didn't um, know. I didn't know. Yeah. It was free. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a resource that we, that we want to make available for people. So, um, so you can find us there. You can get the date nights. That's, you know, go get them. They're, they're there and they're good. Um, and then, um, yeah, you can find us on Instagram also. So we're there and the restory Instagram offers a lot of, we offer some tips and, you know, things that we're offering introductions to all of our team that works for us. So I think that's a great resource. And then for people that just want to, you're interested in me and you heard some of my story, you can find me at Seeds by Hope. So that's my Instagram. You can find there. So Oh, this is just such a wealth of knowledge. And I loved your writing as well that I was able to find your blog. And so we can share that as well if you'd like. Yes, absolutely. So there's lots of things, lots of resources, story driven um, Mm -hmm. experiences and retreats and spaces to share your story for women offered at redtentliving.com. Okay, thank you. And thank you for bringing such life-giving refreshment to us in our marriages today. So appreciate you, Tracy. And thank you, Krista. Thank you for the website. I love, it's just, I love all things Enneagram. So I love like how you've taken it and you're really like giving couples so many great resources and practical stories and just ways to feel, I think, a little less crazy. Yeah. You know? (laughs) That's what it's all about. (laughs) Okay. I'm normal. There are other people out there like us. So thank you too. And thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Wonderful. We can find each other. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Guys, thank you so much for spending time with Tracy and I today. It is such a journey that we're all on. And as you saw, we truly are aware that it is not easy all the time to take that step towards your spouse when you're so tempted to turn the other direction and run. But you know what? We are here to stay and play together as Tracy taught us today. And I think that was a really good word. So let's do that. Let's come back for more learning soon. And don't forget to check out 
out all Tracy has for you at her websites. And of course, you don't want to miss your freebie with the 12 special dates that she and her husband have curated for you so you can begin to co-create together. And we'll see you back here soon for more intimacy making and talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramInMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.